So tonight, I want to kick things off with a video clip from one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever watched it before, but it's called The Princess Bride. Anybody? What? You are in for a treat. Okay. We do. Okay. So this clip isn't going to spoil anything. But it's amazing. So, uh, Dane, would you go ahead and roll the clip? Oh, no. Oh, hold on. Pause. Pause. Wait a minute. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. I got to run back there. I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. That's very comforting. But I'm afraid you'll just have to wait. I hit with I could give you my word as a Spaniard. No good. I've known too many Spaniards. Not there any way you trust me? Nothing comes to mind. I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya. You will reach the top alive. Throw me the rope. That's it. I'm looking for a Bible. My Bible's on my phone and my phone's recording things. Oh, no. I could just use yours on your phone. My bad. I am so unprepared. Okay. Bible Gateway has an app? What? This? Man. Okay. No... Y'all don't understand. Like, Bible Gateway is my go-to when I'm, like, thinking through things. I'll be like, what's that one verse? Type it in, and then, bam, Bible Gateway. All right, cool. So, um, I don't know. Do you all like the darkness? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Whatever you feel like. I don't care. It is. All right, so we just uh, we wrapped up a series recently, right? Uh, looking through copy that. Okay, uh, looking at the burning bush moment for Moses, right, where Moses encountered God uh, for the first time when he was on the backside of a desert, watching his father-in-law's sheep. Um, Because sheep are cool. And that moment, it really changed the course of Moses' life, right? And because God was with him and God moved in a mighty way, Moses was able to then go and lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and into a journey 
where they would realize God's promise for them. And so along the way, Moses grew in his relationship with God. He had seen God do amazing, miraculous, crazy things that I can't even imagine other than just in movies, right? Uh, But it really happened for him, and he got to experience that and see that firsthand where God would say that he would do something, and then he did it. And um, Moses believed God. He they developed this trust relationship between them. And so even with all of that, Moses had a desire to get to know God more, to know God more. And that's my prayer for each of you tonight, that, you know, as we journey together, as you go throughout your life, that you would uh, continue to develop that hunger for God, that desire to know God more. And so... Um, we're going to open to our Bibles uh, to Exodus, um, not chapter 3, but 33. So if you have your Bible either on your phone or if there's a neighbor who has one, you may grab it now. Um, Exodus 33. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. Uh, Exodus <laughs> Exodus 33, beginning in verse 12. I know, it's true. Okay, so I'm going to change versions of the Bible, though. Anyway, I know, it's true. Okay, Exodus 33, 12 says, One day Moses said to the Lord... You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. Moses is getting sassy with the Lord. Man, okay, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. Gulp. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand And let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Continuing in Exodus 34. So, then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, 
Y'all, the first one's bad news bears. It happened. Things happen. You should read about it on your own time. I will write them on the same... I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people. But please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. All right, and then I'll just stop there. Cool. Thank you, Raheli. Um, Okay, so in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, uh, so when God is uh, passing... uh, Uh, in front of Moses, and he's declaring his name, and his presence is going before him. Um, Those verses are the most quoted verses in the Bible by the Bible. And what I mean by that is that, so if you were to read the Bible from start to finish, from the very beginning to the very end, you would find that that description about God um, comes up over and over and over again. And the reason for that is because this is God describing himself in his own words. Um, You know, people can talk about you. Uh, They can even judge your actions because, uh, you know, we've all heard the phrase before, actions speak louder than words. And so, you know, people are watching. (laughs) Uh, And I know that's always been a daunting thing for me. But, you know, it's something pretty significant when you hear someone Uh, what they have to say about themselves. It's kind of like you get to hear the heart of who they are and what they're like because you get kind of a a glimpse at the inside of them. And that's exactly what happens in Exodus 34. So God begins this revelation of his glorious presence and his goodness by speaking out his personal name, Yahweh. Uh, And in the Bible... um, Names carry a lot of meaning because it was believed in that culture that whatever you were named, that was your character. That was what you were like. That would be, you know, oh, there goes 
so-and-so, they're like this. And even just speaking their name would conjure up all these ideas about that person. So I have an example. So there's a guy named Abraham in the Bible. Um, God had a relationship with Abraham. It was good, fun. It was great. But Abraham eventually had a grandson whose name was Jacob. And Jacob, have any of you ever looked up what the name Jacob means? Okay. It's not a positive thing. It's a negative thing. It's not really. So when Jacob was born with his twin brother Esau, Esau was born first in the order as of babies go. I'm not going to go there. Anyway, but so Esau was born, and then Jacob was like right there behind him grasping at his heel. And so um, he was named Jacob, which means supplanter, because we all know what that means. (laughs) Um, But essentially, like, uh, you know, selfishly um, being an opportunist, like trying to, like, take what you can get for selfish gain, right? Right. like looking out for number one and even using deception to do it, being a deceiver, being a thief, being a liar, that kind of thing. And when you read about Jacob's life in the book of Genesis, he really lived that name down. I mean, he he really embodied that name. But Jacob got to this point in his life where um, he was out of options. He didn't have any other opportunity to then just go out and reach out for that next thing to try to um, to prop himself up or to, like, leverage himself up in some way, right? Um, he was out of options. And it was in that moment where Jacob encountered God. Um, it wasn't the first time he encountered God, but this was unlike any other situation where he wrestled God all night long. And at the end of his wrestling match, um, he was like, um, God was like, let me go. It's daybreak. And Jacob was like, I will not let you go until you bless me. And so then God in that moment says, hey, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. And he says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have overcome. And that's what, uh, what God did. He gave him a new name, a new identity Um, He gave Jacob the name Israel because it means overcomer. And so there was a noble character and a noble identity that God wanted to raise up in Jacob. And so he needed a new name because names carry a lot of meaning. And so in Exodus 34, God begins this revelation of his name. So what's the significance of the name Yahweh? What is God's name mean? Does anybody remember? Shout it out because you have masks on. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? (laughs) I am that I am. Yeah, that's right. Um, So, As you read throughout the Bible, the name Yahweh reveals that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. Kind of like that beginning clip from The Princess Bride, which you all should totally see. Look it up. I think it's even on Netflix. You should watch it. 
you'll get a kick out of it. It's amazing. It does not need to be remade, contrary to what Hollywood is trying to do now. But anyway, I digress. So Indigo Montoya, he's he's on you know the edge of the cliff. He's calling down to this guy named Wesley, which you don't get in the clip because you haven't watched it yet. But so there's Indigo, and there's Wesley, and Wesley's on the side of the cliff, and he's just hanging there. And so Indigo says, I want to help you up, but how can I make sure that you trust me so that you'll actually get up? And um, because he wanted to help him. And so he said, I promise you, I swear on the name of my father, Domingo Montoya. Um, and so then Wesley's like, throw me the rope. And so you watch that. But anyway, so he throws it down. Wesley gets up, and uh, they're about to fight. And it's this really great scene. You should totally watch it. But the point is, they made an agreement with each other. Indigo said, I promise you I will do this. And he made good on that promise. He actually followed through with what he said. And with God, uh, similarly, God makes covenants with people. He enters into relationships with people. Um, Even God saving the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt was God fulfilling a promise to Abraham, where God told Abraham, look, all your kids are going to inherit this whole piece of land. I'm going to give this land to them. And that was the fulfillment of God's promise. And I think what God was trying to tell Moses in this moment in Exodus 33 and 34 is that God is someone who wants relationships. He enters into agreements with humanity, even though he knows that we're rebellious and untrustworthy. And yet he cared enough to pursue us anyway. So in the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, they're filled with stories about how Yahweh uh, is good and faithful. And we see this continued as we read stories about Jesus. Um, Jesus was God in the flesh. Yahweh became a man and walked among us and showed us what it meant to really be a human, to live as humans were meant to live and to be as we were meant to be. And isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. uh, That Yahweh loved you and Yahweh loved me. He loved everybody so much that he came to make a promise of salvation and relationship available to everyone, including you and me, not just the children of Israel. Yahweh is faithful and true. He makes promises and he keeps them. And that's what his name says about him. So what does your name say about you? You know, in our culture today, we don't put much stock in Uh, the meaning behind names like they did in the Bible. Um, I looked up each one of your names. I I didn't look up Raheli's name because she already said it the other week. But um, so I looked up each of your names. And, you know, I I don't know that your parents necessarily, you know, sat down and was like, I wonder what Abby means, which your name is amazing, by the way. Um, But I'm just saying, like, each one of you has such a unique and wonderful name. And, but I don't think that we as a culture, we don't, we don't look for those meanings behind those names. Um, It's like Topanga, your name is amazing. 
Like it's uh, it's something. It's Native American for when the ocean meets a mountain, or something like that. It's incredible. I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. My name just means honor God, but I mean you. Like that's just. I mean, there's. Anyway, I digress. But you know, so we don't put we don't as a culture we don't put a whole lot of stock behind meaning of our names. But something that we do do is that we we look at you know how good of a character somebody has, how good they live their life. And when we talk about character, we're really answering the question what do you want to be known for? Because even if you don't understand what your name officially means, or maybe if you uh, don't care or you don't like it, you're in a season where you're just getting started in life. You have so many years ahead of you, and you get to write your story. So as your story unfolds, my prayer for you is that Yahweh, God, the one who knows you at your core, that he would speak his goodness over your life. May his character be the defining force that leads you to realize God's promise and his purposes for you. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. God knows you by name. And you are loved by a God who hopes for you, who believes for you, even when you feel hopeless or even when you don't even know what you want for yourself. God still wants more for you. The truth is that he spoke your identity over you before you were even born. And an identity that is only seen as we invest in our relationship with God like Moses did. Because we only truly get to know who we are when we get to know who God is. So, let's pray. God, I thank you that you see us, that you know us, and no matter what, God, you love us. You are constantly pursuing us, wanting that relationship with us. God, I thank you that you are gracious and compassionate, and that like a good father, you're slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. I thank you that you are a just God. And I also thank you, God, that that when you describe yourself, you start with your promise. And that when you get to all those characteristics, you start with your grace. Because you you want to pour out that grace on our our hearts and our lives. God, I pray for each and every student here tonight, for each and every person here tonight. And God, that 
you would help us to see our identity in you. That we would be able to discover the identity that you that you know. You see our heart. You see our mind. You see the core of our soul, God. And 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 you know all the potential, you know all the failures, and you still hope for us, you still believe for us. And God, I just pray that you would encourage each and every person here, and that we would that we would be transformed by that revelation of who you are. That just like Moses, we would be changed by that encounter with you. Just like Jacob, we would be changed by that encounter with you. And God, that you would be building in us an identity that you see. You see that diamond in the rough. And and you want us to shine. Because you know that we're worth it. And we see, God, based on your word, that you are worth it. You're worth stepping into a relationship with, to trusting when you throw us a rope. And even when everything about it makes us want to run away, uh, God, uh, or to say, nope, I'm not going to trust that. Nope, I'm not going to go there. God, you, you make a way, and you just you have a way of revealing your goodness and your kindness towards us. So, tonight, as we go from this place, God, would you bless us and keep us and make your face shine down on us. In your name, amen.